in our gospel today, what struck me was actually not the landowner, but that day laborer. I can only imagine what it must have been like to wake up that morning, leaving before the sun rose to get to the marketplace, kissing his wife and children goodbye, and praying for a good day of work, praying that maybe today would be better than yesterday and the day before. Showing up hopeful for a good day, and as he arrives, seeing lots of other workers hoping for the same thing. And then at six o'clock, the landowner comes, takes a group of people to go work in the vineyard. We still, hopes are still a bit high there at dawn. You know, there's still lots of time left in the day. Nine o'clock sets in. It's a little discouraged now. More people have been called away, and here I am still sitting, waiting for work. At noon, as the sun's high in the sky, it starts to feel a little bit unworthy. You know, what, why is it that other people are being pulled away to go labor in this vineyard, but here I am still? What's wrong with me? Am I a failure? What did I do wrong? By 3 p.m., as more people are scurried away to go work in this vineyard, now he's just getting resentful. Resentful at those other workers, you know, why were they so good? What was so good about them that they were called to go work in this vineyard? Why are they any different than me? Why are they any better than I am? And then by five o'clock, just anger at those people and frustration. But of course then, in the midst of all that, the vineyard worker comes, the vineyard owner comes and says, come and work in my vineyard. And this guy just sitting there, this is probably just a complete pity move. I'm wondering if he's actually gonna pay me anything. You know, I'm gonna probably work an hour and I might get a small amount. We'll see what happens. But maybe this will be just enough to cover dinner for my family tonight. And as he arrives, works for a little bit, and he looks out at all of those other workers who have been there since he remembered seeing them since early in the morning. And he remembers the anger and anxiety that he felt. And then it comes time for payment. And as he extends out his hand, he doesn't receive the menial wage he was expecting, but a full day's wage. I think that those who have been longing to receive are so much more grateful than those who feel entitled to receive. You see, that person who had been there all day long, they felt entitled. I've been working. Why would I not receive this? And it can be easy for us who, let's put this in the context of working in the Lord's vineyard, who have been good Christians, good Catholics our whole life, can find ourselves sometimes being resentful of those who came later in life, who quote unquote lived it up, right? They lived this grand life of sin. Well, first of all, I want to point out that sin is never a grand life. And if we put into context that vineyard, that day laborer who was just longing for that work and all those stresses that he felt, the way to hell is hell the entire way. And people who come to me in confession who haven't confessed things in over 20 years, the same things that they tell me in the confessional and they are just torn up about as they remove all of those masks from their life are the same things that if they were to tell their drinking buddies later in the day that they had done, they'd probably high five them and say how wonderful that is. But deep inside, they are distressed. They are filled with anxiety and depression. That way is not a good way. 
we can make it seem like it is, and maybe on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, things like that, that life of sin, life without Christ, could seem like a grand life, but I tell you, it is not. Because when we're living an authentic Christian life, then we're able to confront the troubles in the day-to-day, those people who have been there since 6 a.m., they, they were working hard, right? I'm sure there were some struggles throughout their day, but they were able to get through it knowing what they were, were, were going to receive in the future. Now, maybe especially today in this kind of coronavirus world that we live in, uh, we, you can connect to some of the things that that day laborer was feeling, that impression, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, despair, unworthiness, or anger. Maybe you've been furloughed from your job or just cut back hours. Maybe you have loved ones who have been and you're trying to figure it all out. How do we get through this? Maybe you've been isolated from your friends and family, unable to uh, reach out with those same connections. It's a difficult thing, but when we are able to, again, turn to the Lord and we know the Lord in our life, we have a much different disposition going through those troubles than we would if we did not know Christ. But of course, I want to point out in our gospel today, it's the landowner who went out. It's the landowner who saw others standing idle. It says, going out, the landowner found others standing by. And it was the landowner who asked, why do you stand here idle all day? It's the Lord who seeks us. It is not because we're so great. It's not because our works make us good or amazing and that that's how we're going to receive that gift from the Lord but it's because the Lord has reached out and sought us first. He has loved us first. That's what's most important. Today we celebrate Catechist Sunday, and we, uh, the theme for this year is I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you. So that recognition that we are to receive that gift of faith and then hand it on to others. So first I just want to commend our teachers and our catechists, both teachers in schools and catechists who teach uh, sacrament prep or anything like that. It's not easy this year. In 2020, uh, the simplest things become very difficult. You have teachers who are teaching both in-person and virtual simultaneously while trying to social distance children and all these other things. It's difficult. So we pray for our teachers and our catechists, but we have to remember that the objective of our teachers and catechists should not be to teach about Jesus. Just here, let me tell you facts about him. It's not what it's about, but to encourage a disposition where they desire to be found by the Lord, to foster that encounter with Jesus Christ. It's not just about teaching facts. And even our teachers who teach math, science, social studies, language arts, all of those things, In opening the brain, in opening the mind to truth, there's only one person that we can encounter, and that's Jesus Christ, who says he is the way, the truth, and the life. All these things point us to the source of truth. It's also important to recognize that the very first catechists are not uh, the the teachers we have in the school or uh, our catechists here at the church. The very first catechists are the parents. The place where we really encounter at first is in the family. And the family needs to be that place where we can unburden all of those anxieties of our day. That we can come at the end of the day and express ourselves, knowing that they will not 
judge us for what we've done or, you know, say, well, that's not really that bad. You know, you didn't have a day. Let me tell you about my day. No, where we can come together as a family and say, hey, today was rough. Let me, I, I just need someone to talk to. And that you know that those people love you and care for you and are willing to walk with you in that. Because that's when the family becomes an image of love, becomes an image of the Holy Trinity itself. And there are a lot of things that are going on today, a lot of anxieties, I'm sure. Is the, place, is the family a place where you feel comfortable expressing your faith? Where you can openly make time for prayer? Where you can, uh, you know, hey, like, I'm really struggling with this idea, like, I just need someone to talk to about. I kind of like to share a little bit of story of myself growing up, to kind of conclude, to know, let you all know, I, you know, how is this priest with no family or anything like that? How does he know the struggles of the family? Well, I was the cause of the struggles in the family when it comes to coming to church on Sunday morning. I actually have my parents here and my aunt, who all three of them at one point uh, had to argue amongst themselves who was going to wake up Adam to go to Mass on Sunday. And they will tell you that I was an absolute bear, and they basically had to throw something from a distance to make, because otherwise I would just start flailing my arms and kicking my legs and fight as hard as I could not to wake up and not to go to Mass. That was not my prior priority when I was a kid, and I didn't want to go. But they still did. Actually, my dad famously tells a story about he, he would bribe me with McDonald's. Like, if you, come, if you come to Mass, then we'll stop McDonald's on the way home. That was the bribe he had to use to get me to go to Mass. Kids, maybe ask your parents for something better than McDonald's. Just saying. Sorry, parents. I apologize. But anyway, imagine if they didn't struggle to get me to go to Mass. And it, it's not to say I lived this perfect, holy, Catholic life. My, you know, they continued to draw me to Mass, and eventually I just figured it all out, and life was perfect. That's, that's not necessarily how the story goes. I had kind of fallen away from the church a little bit, but I always identified myself as being Catholic. Why? Because my parents took the time when I was younger to drag my butt to church every single Sunday and to make it priority. I know it's not always easy because, again, I was the one who didn't make it easy. But imagine what would have happened if they wouldn't have done that. Imagine where I would, I, I can tell you I wouldn't be standing right here right now if they wouldn't have done that and made that a priority. It's not always easy, but the family must be the source of love, must be the source of faith. It's not easy, but it's always worth it.